Hello, my name is Dustin Hosseini, and this is the Digital Education Practices Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Alison Stoll. Uh, Alison, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, Dustin. Um, my name is Alison Stowell, and I work at Lancaster University in one of our departments called the Department of Organization, Work and Technology. Um, and the subjects I teach in the department are subjects that relate to management, business ethics, and sustainability. And I teach undergraduates right the way through to executives. Okay, so all years plus the executives. And what are you going to talk to us about today? So what I thought I'd talk about today was an undergraduate module that I had to adapt at speed because it was scheduled to be run the first day of the official lockdown in the UK. Now, this module is a field trip module. So we normally have an intense week together where we prepare for our field trip and then we have the field trip a week away in a different country. So that's sort of the framing. And we have a lot of different activities. The premise of the module really is trying to bring academic insights and show how these are applied in a specific business setting. And at the same time, you know, trying to create engagement from the students themselves um, through experiential learning. So this was a face-to-face module And from what I remember, it was quite an intensive module, wasn't it? There's two weeks to this module, both, uh, as I I mentioned a a minute ago, one week is face-to-face and the other week is face-to-face but somewhere else in the world. So our first week together normally has colleagues and myself contributing to the module um, where we do exercises around creating or fostering teams because it's a very small cohort. We have academic workshops um, where sort of are very interactive because of, you know, it being a small cohort. And we also have input from our careers team so that students can actually get some insight into employability and professional conduct for whilst we're away. Because our field trip takes us to a business meeting. um, And normally that happens a couple of weeks after our face-to-face, our first face-to-face week together. And we normally, in preparation for that, the students have to listen to recorded lectures And then whilst we're away, we discuss these ideas in the context of them being in a a, a meeting. And we normally do have a sustainability in action day so they can see issues that we've discussed in action. So what I had to do, especially with the announcement of COVID-19 and the lockdown in the UK, was really adapt this course at speed, Um, you know, with the first day being the first day of official lockdown in the UK, as I mentioned. So the first week, really, I had to run as is, but I had to run it online as is. So it was quite challenging because, you know, normally when you're in face-to-face workshops, you have the interactivity with students and there's a delayed response in the virtual environment. But plus two, you have comfort breaks. So most of the workshop sessions really were two hours. So you know, we we I you know we all set started the week with saying, look, we just have to muddle through together. Um, you know, we're going to do our best. 
just feedback as and when you know there's any issues but just go with the flow if the technology fails it fails now for the first week you know because this was happening at speed i opted to use zoom which worked very well it was very stable environment in which to run our session but it was also you know we had to set ground rules in relation to how people were going to interact in this space so for example if there was um, an academic running one of the workshops like myself you know we had to ensure stability of the platform Um, we would all put ourselves on mute and have the gallery view so we could all see each other and then use the message function to write a message for when we wanted to talk if we wanted to interrupt. But the silence that you often encounter in a face-to-face context seems exaggerated in, in the virtual space, especially sometimes you feel like you're talking to yourself even though you've got these faces looking at you. And I, I'm sure it works the other way around or it does work the other way around when you're a participant in learning something else. Yes, um, um, I actually had that experience earlier today. I was giving a kind of an online training on Teams, Microsoft Teams, and obviously I couldn't see the students. So I had to say, okay, what questions do you have uh, now? And slowly they started to to write in the chat or just unmute themselves. Uh, and there was quite a lot. But in the next session, it was much, much quieter. So yes, it was much more accentuated, that kind of quietness. So I, th- I think, you know, too, I, I should emphasize normally these, um, both these weeks, you know, the first week is nine to five every day. And replicating that online was um, quite tiring because in between our nine to five, you can get fresh air, you can go outside for lunch. So the in-classroom time, although it's tiring, the concentration levels online were I- I- exaggerated again. I mean, my colleagues were so creative, you know, we had uh, my great colleague, Darren Axe, come in and do the team building exercise. Now, normally for the team building exercise, we go to our eco hub on campus, we grow lots of vegetables, um, fruits, we have chickens down there. And part of the team building exercise is normally we do some activity with Darren, who runs the Eco Hub and lots of green activities across campus. It's called Green Lancaster. But we couldn't do that. So instead, he was quite innovative and came online and gave us an overview of what Green Lancaster do and his understanding of sustainability as a geographer. But he also was very creative and set them up for our virtual field trip week with a task of, as we couldn't go outside, we were going to find through tourist information cameras around the world sites that we really, or gave us a lot of pleasure at looking at. So, for example, you could go on the Tourism Board's website for Croatia and get a live cam to see, a camera to see what was actually happening in the street, which of Obviously, there isn't a lot. There wasn't a lot happening in regards to tourism or everyday living because of, of the lockdown. But we were able to actually explore, and that was in our, our virtual field trip week, the geography of the place and how tourism had influenced and impacted the place, and how COVID nineteen had changed that dynamic. So you know that worked really, really well. You know, with him being able to do that, and then um, you know think moving forward, as as did for other members of staff. So our careers team were really great. Instead of doing professional 
face-to-face professional conduct. They were able to shift it to professional conduct online, working in virtual teams and some of the skills that you need. I mean, especially when um, we're all actually now seeing into people's worlds, aren't we, through the camera on the the screen. You know, people get to see what pictures are up, up in my office, for example. Or, you know, we get to see what pictures, you know, some of the students have up on their walls and what impressions that gives to or could give to people that we might want to be employed by in the future. So my biggest lessons learned that week really was that I couldn't replicate the virtual field trip week um, the same as the first week because it was too intense. Most of the workshops um, or most of the academic workshops that were run, um, although, you know, there were spaces to have interaction and questions were really traditional, you know, sort of didactic teaching where somebody would uh, share ideas. And it, it, it was, although everybody did really well, it, 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 was, it was just too much to actually reasonably be able to digest. But, you know, all, all these sessions were recorded. So it gave the, the cohort the opportunity to revisit any of, any of the activities we did. But, you know, there, there were concerns too by the students about the recordings um, they also wanted sessions during that week which were safe what which they described as safe places to talk which weren't recorded which I found I found really quite fascinating okay yes actually tell us more about that because I know that just for the audience we work in a very large management school with many different subjects and as one might expect the different subjects approach learning and teaching slightly differently so and, and their students sometimes reflect that. And one thing you've just touched on is, you know, consent as far as recording and recording in the digital realm, especially since we've had to move online very quickly. So how did you approach that topic of consent and, uh, you know, recording sessions? Because there's also issues around, I guess, um, access and equity as far as who can access when and where, depending on their living situation at home, if they've had to go home and they haven't stayed on campus? I mean, that's a really good question. And it was something that in our very first session together, I discussed with them. I said, you know, and that's partly setting up that we needed to be a bit flexible and learn together for the week. And I set up at the start of the week that all the sessions were planned or set to record. And we went and, you know, if anybody had an issue with that, they needed to let me know. Um, And we went through the first day together. So the momentum of the first week's days together is, you know, we have a morning briefing and an evening briefing, and then the content workshops during the day. That's how the nine to five typically is set up. And, you know, the evening briefing typically gives overnight activities because this is a two week intensive. So we went through the first day with being recorded. And of course, as you're uh, whatever application you're using, as you're being recorded, it doesn't for that period of time, you forget you're being recorded. But at the end of the day, when we had our reflections, I asked them how they felt about being recorded, you know, because for me, one of the big concerns is moving anybody moving at speed into the digital space is the ability for people to get hold of those recordings and take things out of context, both for the learners and the academic involved. Now, to contextualize this, you know, in the university environment, um, in a classroom, it's a safe space to ask questions, be 
vulnerable in terms of, you know, asking anything. It's, you know, it's a learning environment. But in the digital space, nothing goes. Even if you press delete, you know that if somebody really wanted to, they could get something back. And also, you know, there's an assumption that we all like seeing ourselves online. And it was quite interesting listening to the cohort talking about how they, how that the uncomfortability of all of a sudden being confronted with themselves in the digital. So I, I asked them too, whether they would like me to record all our briefing sessions, you know, the workshops we would, but the, the briefing sessions. And they asked for that not to take place because they wanted a safe space to be able to talk and feel, feel like they could ask everything. I think from an academic's perspective too, you know, you want to be open and you want to share experiences and your research with students, but it's made me feel more and more uncomfortable about what I'm willing to say being recorded. Not that I've got any um, no secrets, uh, you know. No, 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 of course. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Things can sometimes be taken out of context. I mean, you know, we even have our own kind of online support teams and i'm obviously mindful of what i say because it is text text is read in a slightly different way than when you're face to face and you can see body language but even recordings a recording is like a snapshot of something so you know, if it's a part of a greater conversation you might not know the rest of it well the, th well, the thing is, is i mean you know also the subjects i teach dustin can bring can be a little bit controversial because you're trying you're really learning in a space i mean sustainability is a contentious highly contested contentious issue depending on belief systems so you know talking about issues around consumption population ethics really can sort of get some heated debates going and we all know that throughout our lifetime, we're constantly learning. So our views are constantly developing and changing. So what we say in, in one space might be very different to what we'd say in the future. And, you know, I, I, it's a bit of a breach, I think, or a, a, a big concern about whether those recordings could end up unintentionally or not being out there in the public domain for, for, those, for those very reasons. Okay. Um, so when I, when I was recording them, I made sure as much as I could and to safeguard as much as possible that none of those recordings are downloadable but they all were watchable online. Now, the challenge, obviously, you have there is whether people have stable infrastructures in wherever our, whatever countries um, our students are, are in that enables them to do that. But um, for this particular cohort, fortunately, we had a couple of teething issues, but they were able to do that. No, of course. So it goes back to the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, equity, equity of access, because we don't always know what the internet connection is like at the student's home, what equipment they have, are they sharing equipment with their family, uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But however, for moving to the virtual, the, the virtual field trip week, the second week, there was a three-week gap. And because I'd already set up that there was some short pre-recorded lectures that needed to be listened to before we'd go on this field trip, or in our case, this virtual field trip, that material was already there. So I listening to the students' concerns, um, ideas of how we could make it a more interactive. I mean, they really appreciated the interactivities or the interactive sessions that were run. 
Um, I flipped the classroom for the key academic content um, and split them into groups and pairs and gave them a particular theme, aligned it to the recorded lecture and also, you know, gave them illustrations of organisations, private sector organisations that were doing things in that space. And it was for them, them then to lead the workshops and give a presentation in whatever format they wanted to, whether they wanted to do it verbally, with slides, but it, 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 it was entirely up to them. And I think that that worked really well. And, you know, the feedback from them is they really enjoyed it because it meant that they had to explore something. And it was something that they were going to have to do already. And then the session really became um, more around, um, you know, sort of a dialogue and questioning and interrogating the academic texts and ideas in regards to practical examples. So, But the, the challenge with the virtual field trip week is I tried to ensure that they still had, well, they still had exposure to business leaders talking. And I was very lucky to have at least, I think it was eight or nine external speakers join us to talk to them uh, for, you know, an hour about a variety of topics. But of course, with that, you don't necessarily have the flexibility to have the times of when um, you you could schedule these um, speakers because these people are very busy. So some days it was just too long for the students. It was hard for them to concentrate, especially when we went back to back without comfort breaks um, because, because of the schedule. But, I, you know, I've reflected upon that myself, too. And if we'd have been in the field trip, you know, things would have still had that intensity. But um, online, you know, it, it was quite challenging. And, I, you know, as I mentioned at the start, really, because you can't get that fresh air, you can't have that break that you might do normally if you were doing an activity nine to five or longer face to face. And just just for the audience's sake, so I know that you said earlier that you use Zoom and I know that on your program, I think you'd probably, you've had experience of using Zoom anyway before, yeah. So you probably didn't experience any of the unsavory issues that we've heard about in the news. No. But what else did you use? Just quickly, you know, very briefly touching upon the tools, because some people might be interested in the okay. tools. Right. Well, I did for one workshop in the first week, I did use Zoom and Teams. Um, I used Team. I, I did an approach called the Jigsaw approach, which I'm sure many people have heard of, where I got the students to build up the narrative of a particular theme and put the pieces of the jigsaw together themselves. So that required them to go into breakout groups. So I, I put them in groups on Teams, we'd have a Zoom, I'd give them the instructions and then they'd go and work in their group and then come back on Zoom and then go back and work in their groups. So I used um, Teams and Zoom, Microsoft Teams. I also, you know, there's a whole raft of software you can use too. I, I you know, but one path of least resistance or not path of least resistance is wrong, but something you can do at speed is to record PowerPoint slides. So for the recorded lectures for the um, field trip week uh, have always been in three formats, a recorded MP4 of the PowerPoint slides and me talking, um, the PowerPoint slides that have the sound files and also the PowerPoint slides with the transcript of materials. Okay. So I think so, and also I had to write quite good instruction of framing, you know, the preparation that was needed for each of the sessions and ensure that I went through it to make sure that all the links the students had would work 
for them. And so what I wanted to ask, um, so we've talked a bit about what the situation was, the context, a bit about the, the pedagogy, the tools. On reflection, how would you say that the behaviors that you'd normally expect or would want to develop in those face-to-face kind of workshops, how did you say that those were, how, how well were they done given this rapid shift? The pedagogy behind this module is really, as I've mentioned, experiential learning, which is really quite hard to replicate online. You know, one way we tried to do that was to, as I mentioned, Darren did that great session of getting people to try and connect with nature through the cameras at tourist board tourist information boards of places that they liked or or resonated with them. So I think, you know, all the cohort mentioned that um, they really appreciated the structure. But, you know, that's also contextual in regards to the lockdown had only just happened in the UK. And so we were in the very early stages of our students um, getting into the momentum of working at home in a structured fashion. So, you know, you think the first week or, you know, the first couple of weeks for some of them really was, you know, nine till five. And I gave them that structure or this module gave them that structure. So that worked well. So having a schedule, knowing when everybody's coming online works well. I would ensure that we have more break. I mean, I don't know why we haven't picked this up more prominently. Uh, Well, I do know because, you know, we're all trying to get things done quickly. But there are are guidance that you shouldn't be sat at your computer for longer than, you know, I think it's 45, 50 minutes without getting up or, you know, giving your eyes a rest. Um, So I think those things need to be translated into a online teaching context to make sure that everybody has enough breaks. Maybe it's not 45 minutes, but I can't remember off the top of my head how many minutes it is. But you know, that there's guidance. Yeah, so it's, and, it's, and though, it's kind of like those two hour sessions where they normally asked everyone to, um, to take a stand up in the middle of it and stretch. Wait. Yeah, or, or have a comfort break of 10 minutes. Yes. You know, yes. If it's a, you know where, where, when you're on campus, Typically, the sessions are 50 minutes of the hour to allow students in, in, in the Lancaster context to get to their next um, lecture theatre or seminar. But we, don't, we haven't, re- we ha- I didn't replicate that online, really. So things, I, I've really tried to, for the second week, bring things to no longer than an hour and a half. But as I said, you know, there were some challenges around availability of speakers, which meant that sometimes we were just rolling from one to the other. So I think breaks are key. The flipped classroom, definitely. Good instructions so that people can work independently. I think one thing I would do differently is I would have a much, I'd probably have a dedicated session of how to work successfully in virtual teams. And that session, I think, would be getting especially, sorry, this is, you know, in an undergraduate context, getting them to recognize that a lot of what they already do in their face-to-face practices when working in a team happens in the online space. So how can they, you know, replicate the rest? Um, Because some of them found that quite difficult. Um, You know, what tools could they use to communicate and see each other? I mean, obviously, the university has teams here, 
um, which they can utilize. But I, I think, you know, setting up some ground rules and how you can work together in those spaces would be good. Okay. And actually, you're touching on a, a good point, which uh, would be good to maybe end on, but also pick up at another time, is the idea of the glue between the classes effectively. So I've been reading a book called An Urgency of Teachers, a work of critical digital pedagogy by Sean Michael Morris and Jesse Stommel. And one, a couple of things they talk about. One thing they talk about in terms of building the online digital experiences, in terms of those experiences, we don't often consider the glue, like the stuff that happens between the sessions. So the cafes, the water coolers, the comfort breaks. But those are actually very important because when you rush off to go get a coffee or a toilet, you know, you often go with someone to that cafe to get a coffee and you chat along the way. You chat about what you've learned or what you're going to do after the learning that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, that was quite interesting because that was a feedback from um, the cohort that they wanted more social activities. But it was, but you know, there was it was quite interesting too because at the at the start of our first week, or the sorry, the end of our first week, our first virtual week together, I asked them, you know, what could we do differently for next time? And they said, oh, you know, we want briefing session. We want a briefing session every night and make it a bit more social, we're going to have themes. And I said, well, okay. I said, let us know the themes and we can, you know, have a fun, safe space to reflect upon the day. When we came to the virtual field trip week, I, you know, we started off the week and I said, do we still want, you know, every evening? And I said, who's decided what themes they are? And I had followed up in between the weeks and none of them had come up with any themes. And then all of a sudden, it was let's only have them every other night. So I think I think you know what you I think you're totally right in terms of recognizing the need for the social elements. But I also think you know we have to recognize the social elements don't necessarily happen around they happen on the periphery of the module and they're often learner driven. So you know we can set up or as an academic you can set up a, a great module a great degree um but the water cooler moments and the you know going the social moments of going to get a coffee or something there has to be something to facilitate the co the learners to do that themselves yes um because otherwise you know you're i think sometimes you're encroaching on their personal space to be able to you know, say, do you know, I really liked that today. Or do you know what, I didn't understand the first slide. Or, you know, did you see something, you know, all all those silly conversations, not silly, but you know, all those conversations that we have in the safety of friends or fellow learners that we wouldn't have with the person running the course necessarily there. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that probably is going on, which is what you're talking about is while you're having that live session, students might be back channeling between each other. They might be chatting. Oh, with, with, oh without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> without a doubt. You know, I, I, I know from doing the, the, the module face-to-face that, you know, there's oh, – we also used WhatsApp, I should say, as well. But I also know there's hundreds of WhatsApp groups going, one that I'm actually part of because I need to be for the um, field trip and for us to connect together whilst we're traveling um but the others i know that are are going on in the background um about oh what happened today or did you see this or because all you know that's their space safe space that's interesting i'm not sure a lot of people have thought about that especially if they're creating top-down solutions like here's microsoft teams 
so you're going to use this. But, you know, it doesn't harm to, I guess, uh, encourage students to say, look, this is what we're going to use for our learning teaching. However, you can use whatever you wish to communicate with each other. But, but the thing is, in, in some respects, why do you need to say that to them? Yeah, that's You know, true. there's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's all the social media out there that they're already using. Yes. So I, I, I think what really needs to be th- thought about is there's one thing, you know, having the glue between the sessions, but there's also having the glue that doesn't give people the space or the freedom to be. Hmm. So in essence, I think... I'm not sure if I mentioned this earlier, but this is going back to a point I saw in that book was we need to think about what behaviors do we want to develop as opposed to what tools and apps do we need to be using? Totally. I mean, there has to be some soft skills around this too. Yeah, I, I, I think there should be. Um, uh, and and that should be part of the development and learning outcomes that we have already mm. in universities, those transferable skills. And, and it probably is. So when people are rapidly moving to online or if they're slowly developing online, they can go back to those learning outcomes, those LOs, and refer to them and see, okay, what kind of behaviors are these trying to develop in students to then use those to inform good practices for developing digital education opportunities, I guess. Well, I, I don't I don't see that indicative of the digital space or the face to face space. I think that's that's education in general. You know, you're trying you're trying to encourage curiosity and knowledge about specific subjects, um, as well as trying to support and develop, you know, softer skills that, that can be transferred out. So in essence it's it's really it's space agnostic. It doesn't matter where it takes place because good education is good education. Well, I'm hesitant because for me it does matter where it takes place. You know, there are many things you can do incredibly well online, yes, incredibly well, um, and replicate, but there are some things you can't. Hmm. No, I would agree. Um, you know, you can't, you, you know... It, especially in an experiential sense you can't smell online you can visualize but you know to visualize I don't know if you're in the arctic for example to see it on a screen might be amazing but to actually experience it you know smelling the cold air and seeing it in the flesh has it has a different response no totally agree and as someone who studied abroad um, having that experience of going abroad was powerful in many ways compared to just reading about it and imagining it, Um, which is probably why when you read about it and you imagine it first for a long time and you go there, you're like, wow, this is so different to what I was expecting because you've imagined it all up until that point. Totally. Yeah. Totally. All right. Thank you very much for joining today, Alison. It was wonderful to have you. It was great to talk to you too, Dustin. Have a great day. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.